0: The core community covenant church with pastors max and trish join us as we learn more about the word
1: of god today we are looking at the next session in our series on perseverance specifically talking about perseverance in the Sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So, to just dive right in today, we want to look at Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. It reads this way Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And this is a verse that many of us are familiar with. And as we talk about persevering and sacrifice, we want to make the connection between sacrifice and worship, really to draw that parallel that when we think about sacrifice from a first century Jewish context and even the early church, The connection between worship and sacrifice would have centered around the temple, around the daily sacrifices. Uh, It did not surround with song. That was not their perception of what worship was. Um, Worship and sacrifice were very, very closely tied together. So even as we unpack and we go through the scriptures today, we want to uh, take the word sacrifice and connect it directly to our perception and our understanding of what worship is is from a biblical point of view
0: yeah and uh, d- just to understand that the word sacrifice the Hebrew word for it is korban uh, which doesn't mean to kill or to destroy or to give up it actually means to draw close and it's it's to me it's very very interesting because if you look back at the history of sacrifice where the sacrifice first started was with Adam and Eve when they have sinned they hid themselves because they were naked, and God had to sacrifice He was the first person who brought this kind of act to the to the people, so he sacrificed the animals to give clothing to Adam and Eve and it just God really spoke to me opened my eyes after all these years is that in that sacrifice he draw them drew them towards him because they were hiding and separated from him because of their sin so through sacrifice of him sacrificing and putting clothes on them they were able to come out of the the shame to come out of the fear come out of the bushes you know as silly as it is to be close to him so that's where kind of you you see that drawing near that's where he kind of started that and then the so sacrifice—it's a—it's a very historical. It's so much part. It's not just Jewish history or or Christian history. Or there's so many other religions. There's all that stuff. We look at sacrifice. The the important part about sacrifices is that who God is in the matter of it's not about the sacrifice. It's the heart of the the one who's sacrificing. Right. Right. You look at look at Cain and Abel. They brought their sacrifices. I'm guessing they learned from their parents about sacrifices and they brought it in and in that story god tells cain hey your heart is not right you know okay. he warns him about it so it wasn't what he brought it's how he brought it and we need to realize that we need to learn from cain about that that when we come with our sacrifices and we're going to talk more about being the living sacrifice being that worship part of our lives is why are we doing that you know what What's our heart behind it? what's what's the purpose behind that about that sacrifice?
1: Right. And even understanding that not only sacrifice but also worship uh, really is about about God, but not in the sense that we have to worship in order to gain God's approval or we have to make sacrifices to gain God's approval or to turn away mm-hmm. his wrath. Going back like you said to Genesis, we're the ones sin drives us away not because god cannot be in our presence because of sin but because we're sinful we cannot exist in god's presence and we will cease to exist it will instantaneously because he is so holy so the sacrificial system was instituted as a way uh which we'll we'll hopefully get a chance to look at that scripture uh from hebrews that talks about the sacrificial system clearing our conscience that we feel we cannot approach God. God, The story through, through the whole scriptures is that God is looking for a people to be his own. He wants his presence to be among them. He is looking for that intimate communion over and over and over again. But the people chase after all these other things or they're afraid of God. They feel unworthy. It's all about God's wrath. And to understand that the sacrificial system is about drawing close, Worship is about drawing close. It's not, God does not need our sacrifices. There's nothing we can do to earn his love or to earn his favor. Even in, in worship, when we adore God, God is so other and holy and almighty. There's nothing that we can do. You know, we, we exalt him, but he's so exalted. Our worship doesn't change his status in any way the the whole reason why we engage in worship and sacrifice and and these these disciplines is because they lead to transformation not of god's heart towards us not of god's character doesn't alter god in any way but engaging in worship and sacrifice transforms us
0: yeah just transforms
1: us from the inside out
0: yeah just kind of going back to to all the laws of, of, of sacrifice and everything else he, was, he would say you can't come to me without sacrifice because you're unholy right. so it's not him being changed by the sacrifice it's us it's purifying us it's preparing us uh, our hearts preparing our, our, our minds to even receive the word from God um, you, you look at the the priests that they have to do this every day every day they had to sacrifice. We talked about uh, one of the first things right after after God explained to Moses how to how to ordain Aaron as a priest and all the clothing they had to put on and anointing and all, all the things that he had to do and all the things that he had to slaughter to be anointed as a priest. And then the first thing, he's like, all right, this is a very important one. This is how you're going to uh, sacrifice. You're going to have to, in the morning, you're going to sacrifice a lamb and then in, in this." Uh, in the evening, you're going to sacrifice a lamb. And it's got to be at the entrance of the meeting place because if the sacrifice is not happening, you're not entering
1: right. through that
0: entrance because you're surely you will die.
1: Right. But the interesting – and if anyone is interested in, in really diving more into the new covenant and how the, the the tabernacle and the sacrificial system and the priesthood plays out with the new covenant through what Christ has done – I would just really encourage you to read the book of Hebrews. I mean, pretty much the whole book, Hmm. uh, but especially the chapters uh, from chapter seven on uh, unpack how Jesus is the new high priest of a new covenant and what, how all of the things uh, it's important to understand the tabernacle, the temple, the sacrificial system, the priesthood, because they were all a foreshadowing. We can't appreciate all the nuance of what Christ did unless we understand that those things were a shadow of what they were of the fulfillment that mm-hmm. would come in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just fascinating because a lot of times when when it's taught it's as though, well Jesus came and fulfilled all the prophecy that was foreshadowed in in the temple system, but really God knew what Jesus was going to do and implemented the temp- temple system to point to what Jesus would do. It's not that Jesus went through the mechanics mm-hmm. and the motions to Fulfill everything. He couldn't plan that he would be betrayed on Passover. He couldn't plan, you know, that those things happened. God instituted the holidays. He instituted the system because he knew what his son would do in the future. He knew the end from the beginning, and I just yeah. think that's amazing. But going back to the conscience part, uh, in Hebrews chapter nine, uh, verse nine, it says, "This is an illustration." For the present time, indicating that the sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They were only a matter of food and drink and ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. So the whole point is that Christ, what he did as a sacrifice, he did once and for all so that we no longer have to go through those rituals again because not to be again this has been taught many times but the tearing of the veil that we now have access worship and sacrifice these things were meant that we would have a way to draw close to god the key through all of scripture the theme through all of scripture is that persevering in worship and sacrifice was meant to draw us near to god because of our choices because of our sinful nature uh, we could not draw close to God and and Christ has made the only way um, where the, the old system had to have these sacrifices morning, noon, and night over and over and over again because they were imperfect, because they were just a foreshadowing. It was a reminder so that when Christ came and fulfilled, um, we would have that once for all confirmation uh, that, it, that it is finished and that there was nothing that we could do to earn God's favor.
0: Yeah, he, he was that perfect sacrifice that, that finally gave us access to God, that we could finally come before him um, in prayer and worship and, and just and when the day comes to come before him and, and hear those words, well done, a good and faithful servant. And uh, just understanding that the importance of him being that perfect sacrifice, um, we need to realize why, why Jesus lived that perfect life. Because he had to be. I was joking around before. We were saying like, like a donkey or a pigeon is a better sacrifice than a than a human because we as humans are imperfect. You know, there's 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 some theories out there of substitution that. That Jesus died on the cross for us in our place. We should have been dead on the cross. If we would have died on the cross, we just died. It was not going to be a sacrifice because we're not perfect. There was no redemption. There in was it. no redemption at it, absolutely. Uh, but Christ, because He was perfect without sin, without blemishing, He was able to um, redeem us and right. pay that, that, sac- that sacrifice. So we can come before the Lord.
1: Right, because God's original intention, right, is that we would have been able to eat from the tree of life and live forever. But because of sin, the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. So when we die, it's just the natural consequence, like gravity. If you jump off the roof, you're probably going to break your legs. So when, when you have a sinful nature, there is nothing redemptive in our humanness with our death. Uh, But because Christ was fully man and fully God, um, and he was without sin, when he was crucified and died, um, it broke that yoke of the bond between sin and death forever. Mm -hmm. And that's how uh, we were set free. But I think it's important to distinguish... Uh, this kind of leans into there were three primary types of sacrifices, uh, the, the third being the, the grain or money offering. But two primary forms of sacrifice were around animal sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one being the sin and guilt offering, which you already alluded to. That uh, you know, many, many pagan traditions they not only sacrifice, they sacrificed animals as well, but they, they sacrificed their children, they sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Virgins, They sacri- there was human sacrifice. And p- one of the fundamental things about uh, the Judeo-Christian faith is obviously that that is, that is an abomination, that you would not do that because we're made in the image of God. And and that is true. But there also is this thread, like you said, that's very humbling, which is because we are sinful, we were considered unclean. Mm-hmm. So a sheep or a goat yeah. or a pigeon mm-hmm. was considered Cleaner. pure and clean. It was a clean animal that could be sacrificed in our place where if you had sacrificed a human, if, if you read, I uh, believe it's second Kings at uh, 22, where Josiah uh, discovers the book of the law and I was reading it and, and he cleanses and the way that he destroys all the high places, because not only in the, in the Christian tradition, but in, in some of the pagan traditions as well, if you, had human bones or ashes on an altar it was considered desecrated Mm -hmm. so josiah the way he tears down all the high places and desecrates them is by defiling them with human remains and and that humbling fact that a human sacrifice is worth less than a sheep or an animal because we were already considered unholy and impure because of our sinful nature because we willingly chose to be disobedient to God where the the animal kingdom you know through in its very nature continues you know the the rocks will cry out everything in creation continues to sub to submit to God so the fact that the first type of of sacrifice was this sin or guilt offering um, none of us would have been able to do that But because, as you said, Christ was holy and without sin, he could be that that atoning sacrifice in our place um, and was able to do what, because he he volunteered his life um, as a living sacrifice, he surrendered himself in obedience to death um, in our place, what a lamb or a goat or a bull would never have been able to accomplish, Mm. he was able to accomplish Mm. because he was also Fully God,
0: yeah, and it, I think it, to us it should be a, a sobering thing where it's like we we say so many oh I sacrificed this for the Lord, <laughs> and he first of all he's like I didn't ask, <laughs> I I seek justice and mercy, I seek obedience right. more than sacrifice, right? Um, but we're we're thinking that we're doing all these things for God because of these sacrifices, and um, he's just uh, he's just kind of asking for pure life uh, being a living sacrifice and i think that's a, t- to me it's it's a, it's a good way to kind of fall into into the diving more back into chapter 12 romans chapter 12 about being a living sacrifice and just kind of just to pause with a statement of living sacrifice is hard like there's right. some, some people be like man i'll die for my faith I'm like, all right, but would you read your Bible? Would you, you would live you, for him? Would you live for him? Would you read the Bible? Would you pray? Would you love those that, that, are, that are unlovable? Would you forgive those who are, for, that have wronged you? Have Are you going to find joy in the time of uh, of hardship? Are you going to do that kind of living? But, oh, yeah, I'll die for it's It's like I always joke around at our marriage counseling. It's like all these husbands like, I'll die for my wife. I was like, can you wash the dishes? It's like, yeah, that's a little bit too much. But I'll <laughs> take the bullet, though.
1: <laughs> will um, you be faithful? Will you be faithful? <laughs> yeah. Let's Would just start her? from the basics. <laughs> can you yeah. take
0: her on a date? No, anyways, this is not marriage. But but it's, it's the living sacrifice. It's actually living for him, mm-hmm. not for yourself. The reason it's living sacrifice is literally we take our, our will, just like Jesus said, right. not my will, but your will be done. We take our will, our pride, our hopes, our dreams, and we sacrifice those so we can live for him. What his will is, his his direction, his guidance, his calling on our lives. That's the living sacrifice. And I think we really need to dive into that one.
1: Right. And the living stuff. sacrifice actually leads to, you know, I mentioned there were two primary types of animal sacrifice. Mm. The first was the sinner guilt offering, uh, which would have been brought to the temple. And interestingly enough, would have been slaughtered. The blood would have been used similar in the Passover to, as a covering um, from, from death and uh, a sign of the covenant that they were covered under the, the, the blood of the lamb. Uh, and that that sin or guilt offering, the, the blood would have been sprinkled across, around the temple, around the, uh, the altar, mm-hmm. and then the, the meat portions would be cooked and shared in a, in a meal. So the priests themselves, as well as the worshippers, would have partook of a meal, and they would have eaten just as when we do in communion. Jesus says, this is my body, uh, which is broken for you. Take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. So we are when we partake of the Lord's communion, we're actually reenacting that sin or guilt offering, remembering how his sacrifice once and for all. But the second type of, of primary offering of an animal was the ola, which is the, the burnt offering, more closely tied to what Romans chapter 12 is calling us to do. Cause obviously as we already explained profusely <laughs> that we, we don't qualify to be the first type of sacrifice, but the burnt offering was something that was given by the worshiper uh, freely. It was not a commandment. You had to do it uh, without compulsion freely uh, with a joyful heart. You gave it uh, not out of guilt or any other reason, but just out of thanksgiving to the Lord and it was given on an altar that the fire was uh, kept burning 24-7. The fire mm-hmm. was never allowed to grow. You know, the coals were not allowed to grow cool, um, and it was never allowed to go out. And the, the ola, the burnt offering, was put on. It was not consumed, and it was completely consumed by fire and would be transformed from the animal um, to a, what was called a fragrant aroma to the Lord. That's what we see every time that the scripture talks about a burnt offering. The, the burnt offering was completely consumed. Um, all of it was given as a living sacrifice to the Lord uh, as a fragrant offering that was given freely and not demanded. And that's really what Romans chapter 12 is pointing that we are supposed to do, that we are willingly supposed to surrender our lives uh, again, not to just die for Christ. Like we should be willing to to die for what we believe, but more importantly, to live for Christ. To you know, walk humbly, love mercy. The, these things that he says over and over. You know, Hosea chapter six says, "For I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Acknowledgment of God rather than burnt offerings." Uh, tying these things together again, that that worship is more than a giving and I'm going to give this up for the Lord it's more than a song it's more than it is living every breath every action every choice that we make with an acknowledgement of God
0: Yeah, and I think that makes it easier and harder for us as Christians because there's all these things you know we always question these things like well is this a Christian thing to do or it's like well is it a worship is what you want to do if you're questioning you know like we always, uh, when we were youth pastors, and we talked about youth groups, and like, well, what about tattoos? And how many drinks can I have? And mm-hmm. well, is a kiss okay? And you know, you have all these things. That what is stealing from my job? And you know, it's like, does this act, what you're doing, thinking, is does that bring worship to God? Are you were out of this? Is there a pleasant aroma coming off this action or thought or or speech? Right. You know, I I That's think yeah. that that would be kind of the line line in the sand, not. Well, the Bible doesn't actually. Just is it a worship? Right. Are you worshiping God through this action?
1: If you understand that worship means to draw close, then our question should not be, "How far can I get from God mm-hmm. without being out of relationship, mm-hmm. without breaking the relationship?" Uh, our our focus should be. I want to draw closer and closer to God. He is the center of my attention and all those other issues start to become, yeah. as you said, they they become peripheral. They're, yeah. they're, they are they are do not even become issues. But when our focus is on how much can I get away with and still Absolutely. go to heaven, then, then that's not worship. Our heart is totally in the wrong, yeah. wrong place. Uh, Amos chapter five, uh, it has, has a harsh word on this. It says, I hate, I despise your religious feasts. This is, a uh, Amos chapter 5 verse 21 I hate I despise your religious feasts I cannot stand your assembling assemblies even though you bring burnt offerings uh, as we discussed I will not accept them though you bring fellowship offerings I have no regard for them away with the noise of your songs I will not listen to the music of your harps let justice roll on like a river righteousness like a never failing stream Again, back to our heart, back to our lifestyle. He says, I don't want you for an hour on Sunday. Mm. I want you 24 hours, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He wants us every day of the week, that living sacrifice from the moment we wake up, when we plan out our meals, when we plan out our clothes, when we plan how we're going to spend our time, uh, the way that we operate at work, when no one is looking those are the things that matter to the heart of God. That is not only sacrifice, but that is true worship. That is worshiping in spirit and in truth.
0: Yeah. I, we've mentioned this before in other teachings that to live to live for the Lord, it doesn't mean that you're telling people about Jesus the whole time. Right. You know, that you're doing the disciplines at all times, that you're reading the Bible and you're praying at all times and singing hymns. That's not Christian living. It's, it's living your life, doing your work and everything else, but doing it as you do it unto the lord it's it's having that spiritual mindset that i'm doing it for for him
1: right and not grudgingly like oh
0: yeah i have this
1: checklist and i have to have half an hour of quiet time and i have to no again it is about transformation if what we are doing that we call worship is not leading to transformation Mm, if we're just going through the motions that is not worship when we draw near to god when we draw close to god we will be changed Mm -hmm. and and if what we are doing even in our quiet time even in our devotion time with the lord or our church activity it may just be religious activity like he condemns and you know that i just read because it's not transforming us. It's not transforming our communities. It's not transforming even just our families or our, our workspaces. And, and going back to, to the text from, from Romans 12, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that's what happens. As we sacrifice and we say, Not my will, Lord. But your will be done
0: mm-hmm.
1: in whatever, you know. Right now, I want to put my feet up and, you know, maybe watch Netflix. But the Lord put on my heart, hey, you should call that old friend. And, and I don't know why, but if he put it on my heart, will I be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling me? Yeah. Or will I not? And, and when I put myself aside and I listen to what the Holy Spirit is doing, as I draw close to God... And, and in that obedience, I myself am changed. I may think I'm doing it for my friend, but in honesty, when I get off the phone, I realize that they actually spoke more life into me than mm-hmm. I did yeah. to them, right?
0: Yeah. I, you know, as, as you were ta- talking about, it's just, it's, it's, God is just really putting on my heart about this. Don't have a Cain's heart. It, it, it really is speaking to me because both of them brought an offering. Both of them brought worship. But it was it was the heart, and it's it's going back so much, so far that that that's what, we're coming in. Sometimes we we're serving in churches and ministries and loving on people, and I made quotes with my fingers, uh, with a cane's heart. That is we just doing it just to do it, just to be like man. I have to I have to do this offering to God, and that's it. But He really is looking for the heart, and the powerful part is as you as you offer as. Uh, Abel did with all your heart and with the first fruit and everything else and again it's not the fruit part or the first fruit or anything like that but it's um how awesome it is you just read that we get to find out his will for us mm-hmm. and the closer we walk with him the closer we give give our lives to him the fully we give our lives to him the easier it is going to be able to see his will because we as we start walking and we understand what's what's where we're supposed to be and not you know it's that that, that old song um i want to be in the light as you're in the light mm-hmm. you know it's it's those things so as long as we're walking in that li- in that light that he keeps on shining it's going be, to be good but if we keep on hopscotching into the darkness into the light that's when it becomes very confusion, and sadly, the lines blur. Right. You know, we don't we get to a place of confusion. I don't know what God's will for me. Yeah,
1: how often do we have those conversations, especially as pastors, where people, oh, I just, I wish I just knew what God's will for my yeah. life was. I was, and it's like just be obedient right now. Yeah. If you are obedient today, then you'll be in the center of His will tomorrow, and you don't even have to worry about that. That's actually a, I think on the hen, the back of the Henry Blackaby experiencing god book if you are obedient today you'll be in the center of his will tomorrow kind of a paraphrase we'll have to look and double check the quote (laughs) it's not in the bible it it is the heart because god says to cain like if you do what is right will you not be accepted so god saw his heart and the reason that the sacrifice was rejected was because he already knew the envy that was in in cain's heart and that cain was doing it out of this like begrudgingness that he had to do um, or that he could earn God's favor we, we don't want to you know put into scripture words that are not there but there definitely is what God is looking at over and over in scripture he makes it clear God is looking at the heart and even in a new testament example when you read I don't want to call the prodigal son that's the title that the was implanted the, lost, the son. lost son yes the lost son you have the older son and the younger son and that same distinction is made right the the older son says to the father, you know, day after day, I'm serving you and i <laughs> and you never once, you know, killed the fatted calf for me. But this son of yours, you know, has blown all your money. And, and, but that's the heart of God is he's like, it's, I love you because I love you. You can't add to it. You can't take from it. You just need to receive it and embrace it. And your heart needs to be in the right place. He he says to the older son, "Everything I have is yours. Don't you get that?" And it, it's similar to to the Cain and Abel story, where you know Cain was the eldest, and and he gets rejected, and the youngest um, is accepted. And in the in the story of the lost son. The eldest who went through all the ritual motions, you know, he went to church. Mm-hmm. He gave his tithes. Mm-hmm. He was a deacon. He was a yeah. greeter. He helped with the kids' church. You know, he did all the right things. He fasted every Tuesday and, you know, tried to earn that favor. Yeah. And all it did was make him bitter. And that's, that's the key, right, that we've been saying, is if what you're doing is not transforming you through the fruit of the Spirit, you should be seeing more love. More joy, more peace, mm-hmm. more patience. That should be the fruit of our worship, of our drawing near to God. Yeah. And, and if, if we're receiving something other than that, then maybe we're involved in some sort of worship or sacrifice that God has not called us to, and we need to step back and find a different way. Um, to connect with God in a way that's real and authentic and genuine. He's not he says away with your songs, away mm-hmm. with your sacrifices. He does he does not need. exactly. He does not need our sacrifice. Uh, that's a uh, Psalm 51. Yeah. Uh, I'll look it up and then if you want
0: to Yeah, no is is it's I think we we need to be be that place. We need to stand especially we we might not like that place that God doesn't need all these things mm-hmm. all he all he wants is to have a relationship with them all he all he wants is for you to find your best life in, in him in him yeah. and to be like his son because his son walked with him and now he stands on the right side of the father and he wants you to, to be right there right, right? that that's that, that's that's what it is so we we go for that and and the the, the talking about bitterness and everything god knows your heart you read through the whole, from the from Cain and Abel's offering to to even Jesus when he's taught about you know you have the teacher of the law like standing there praising himself how, how holy he is he the fasts twice, twice a week and, that, and then there's that, that guy who comes in and just beats his
1: yeah, that's
0: actually right beats his chest is like I'm not worthy and he's like that's that's right there because right. it's out of your heart you know we always, we always like in the ch- church world we have that God knows my heart and what it means is i'm screwing up i'm doing what god doesn't want me to do but he'll forgive me at some point because god knows his heart but absolutely god knows your heart so when you're coming in and trying to do these spiritual things without the heart of a worshiper as a living sacrifice he's like man this is this is i'm sorry this is garbage right paul talks about like all these amazing spiritual religious things that i have it's rubbish it's garbage it's it's all the things that we don't want our walk with god be
1: and god knows our heart even better than we do that's the amazing part and that's what's so powerful about true sacrificial worship that live being a living sacrifice where you are in the presence of god whether you're doing dishes when you're on the road and someone cuts you off you know and and it checks whether you are aware that you are in the presence of God not just for a half an hour or an hour on Sunday but wherever you go you are a temple of the Holy Spirit you are a temple of the living God his presence is with you and to be worshipful from morning till night in everything that we do and when we have that sacrificial life of worship, um, that we will, really will be transformed. And God knows our heart more than we do. So we could fool ourselves mm-hmm. into thinking we're good Christian people, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But but God sees past all that, and he will call us out. As we draw near to him, he's like, yeah, did you see that? Did you feel that <laughs> ugliness that came out when they cut you off? Yeah. How you wanted to snap with your road rage? But, but David is a good example of that in Psalm 51, which he writes after Nathan rebukes mm-hmm. him for uh, having... An affair with yeah. Bathsheba and, and killing his best friend. Oh my yeah. gosh. And David was a man after God's own heart. But the word that he says in, in Psalm 51, uh, starting 16 and 17, he says, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. Mm. So again, he's not looking for These grand acts of surrender, of giving up things that as if God doesn't need any of that from us. We need to surrender. We need to give those things up. We need that broken heart, that contrite spirit, that repentance, that openness to just humbly recognize god i can't i can't live without you i can't breathe, breathe without you. you
0: that great song yeah i i that's i think that's <laughs> That's the, a
1: secular song <laughs> it's oh is it <laughs> i've never so, heard seligia i've seligia. never heard of it I've but, never hey heard you know what it. sometimes maybe it has more more of a worship than than some of the songs we listen to mainstream <laughs> i'm worship. like I'm, I'm over
0: here amen praise god, eh, Hallelujah. <laughs> No, but that's, I think that's the key in all these things of living, living, being a living sacrifice is that Jesus isn't, en- being like Jesus is enough. Having a relationship with God is enough. It doesn't need to be end. God is enough. Being in His presence is enough. Better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. I know that's from, <laughs> it's from scripture, and it's a worship, old worship song, but it's that we need to come to that place. That's that's when we're gonna find freedom in our walk when we realize that He is enough. We don't need Jesus and a title we don't need we don't need god and a car we don't need god and a huge family we don't need god and respect we just need god and that's it and being in his presence is enough Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and that's the struggle right but with 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 christ that was enough
1: right and romans that's how the verse starts i urge you in view of god's mercy right Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in view of god's mercy and grace his grace is sufficient for you. Mm -hmm. That's literally all we need.
0: Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to God. Know you are loved and covered in prayer.